So hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Shades of Grey. Our special guest today is Dave Spitsky, Chief Evangelist at Amazon. Now, in addition to the many hats that Dave wears, he's also a keynote speaker and podcaster. He can be found on Twitter as at the Dave Dev, and I would strongly encourage you to go on LinkedIn and listen to one of his keynote speech. I promise you'll be blown away. Welcome, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Good, thank you. And thanks for spending time with us today. Now, so first of all, can you tell us a little bit more about you and Amazon and how do you end up with such a fascinating role? Yeah, um, so it depends on how far you want to go back. So if you just want to go like talk about, because it's like, it's just a crazy journey, right? And so I've always been this computer geek, even since I was a kid. And I loved the idea of technology, but people. And so even through college, like my uh, degree was information systems, right? It was, I was always trying to uh, kind of combine liberal arts and technology, right? And so I started out doing consulting with the internet, um, you know, did a lot of e-commerce sites, things like that. And then I did a whole big enterprise gig and I was like, this just isn't my jam. Like the technology wasn't changing fast enough, you know, large enterprises staying with the same tech for 10 years. And I saw this role, uh, at Microsoft for evangelists and just applied online. And so that was, uh, gosh, that was 2006. And, um, that's really where I started understanding communities, uh, online, both the plights of the developer, the designer, customers, like how does that all fit together? And just fell in love with the stage and speaking uh, and just being able to, uh, to help people with new technology. Technology has always come easy to me for some reason, and I get just naturally an uh, enthusiastic person when it comes to that. And so the fact that I could, I could make a living about like basically making people's lives easier and, and kind of painting a picture. And so uh, when Amazon reached out to me, um, that was 2013, and uh, it, was, I, it was one of the first people. It was only like a handful of us, maybe like three of us, to work on the App Store uh, with Kindle Fire tablets. Yeah, and that was a great job. I mean, just a small agile team. Amazon's very good at um, just like running with that, with very small teams, and uh, building an App Store, global App Store, and then uh, got, to, got to launch the Fire TV and Fire Phone. And then shortly after Fire Phone uh, is when the team came to me, and they're like, hey, what do you think about this? Uh, and everybody, we just kind of looked at the speaker and I was like, what is this thing? This is like 2014. And, uh, I remember doing it and thinking, wow, like, um, this is Star Trekish. This is, this is bigger. There was no API, right? We knew back then that we could, we could only do so many things that it was really going to be people that were going to, that were going to figure out how to use this thing. Right. And, um, I just got so excited about the potential and we had no budget. So I was like, I need to get out there and we need to like show people this. And so, um, You'll see like different people online remember like 2015, I did this like worldwide tour. It was like a hackathon, but I just stopped in like AWS offices so I could rent space to kind of do it. Um, and just the excitement from people. Actually, when I was at reInvent, one of the first people, it was in 2015 in Berlin, he, he wrote a, a game. One of the first, it, was, it blew me away. It was, a, it was a multi-person game, kind of like a Zork adventure, but this is in like 2015 with rudimentary tools, no real, real API, but just, just seeing that excitement. Um, and so, yeah, that was it. Like suddenly I was the chief evangelist, whatever that is, because it was just me uh, trying to go around and, and paint the picture. And it's been an amazing ride for the past years, four or five years, right? To see where, awesome. where it is. 
the podcast is not doing um, our listeners justice because if you can actually see Dave's face on the video, I can see you. Yeah, I am surrounded by old computers, old console, kind of just like the history of this for the past 30 years. I love to, uh, I just posted on Twitter today, actually, you'll see um, my original, my first computer program I ever typed in to a Commodore VIC-20 in BASIC. And so I still have the manual and I still have the code. And I just, I love like thinking about this and just the excitement that I felt. And uh, I, I mean, you know, the way the world is, it's, it's, uh, you have to remember why you get up in the morning and you're excited about things. And for me, it's the physicality of objects around that take me back to uh, just when everything was so new and fresh and filled with possibility. And I try to look at it that way every day. Uh, and if I'm going to paint a picture, it's, it's all technology has downside, right? It's, it's to really focus on what is this thing actually bringing ultimately to people? And what does that mean in the, in the future, right? And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm totally geeking out down here in my studio, which is basically a corner of my unfinished basement. It's not like it's this fancy thing. I mean, people can't see. But it's basically, I mean, you see cement bricks and stuff, but I've made it like a studio. Is your bat cave. Exactly. It's totally my bat cave. The question I had for you, uh, one thing, something I read about recently is um, that um, 20% of the searches happening today will be on voice by 2020. Um, and that is going to change how we uh, transform, or that's going to transform how we access information. Um, so lots of the small and medium enterprises I work with have just come on board with SEOs and social media and all that. So now they have to be wise engine optimized in many ways. So how is, how is Amazon um, going to kind of transform uh, the way uh, businesses access information? Well, I think, um, you know, our, our approach to it packed that in a couple different things, because I think one of that is voice in the enterprise. Another is very consumer and it's voice based search. Right. And uh, I'm not familiar with the, the study you're, you're, you're quoting, but I've seen numbers even higher than that, uh, which I personally think it's probably higher. Um, and, and so, the, you know, our approach, uh, Alexa is a consumer product. Right. And so it's been super interesting to see the adoption happen in the home and then people wanting to bring that into the enterprise. It reminds me, you know, kind of the rise of a. Uh, of tablets and smart devices and bring your own device. I think just people naturally as human beings, speed's always going to win over everything else. And so if we could do something faster and better, we're going to want to, we're going to want that at work. We don't want to waste our time. Right. And so uh, what I tell, whether it's a large enterprise or a brand, or it doesn't matter in the industry vertical, there's really two things. One is accessibility and inclusiveness and the ability to let technology kind of get out of the way. And we've always wanted this. I mean, you can talk. There are people that have been part of this field for 30 years, and they just blow me away every time I talk to them. And it's not been that we haven't thought about the ideas here we've wanted, that we haven't wanted to do this. We just couldn't. You know, keyboard and mouse was the best, and then we had touch on glass. But now, through things like natural language understanding, we have the ability to understand intention, right? And it's still, you know, there are times when it gets that wrong. It's still, still a learning process, but it does have the ability to have especially that, um, you know, the ability to pull a specific piece of information, get to it very quickly, of which search is one, uh, e-commerce and shopping is another. And so it's really, the first, that's the first thing is just accessibility, inclusiveness. I mean, if, when you talk enterprise, I mean, when I talk to these companies, you know how much it costs to retrain uh, a large global organization on a, just a software rollout? And then Absolutely. what that costs in help desk tickets? Like, it's insane, right? And so if we can make it so that, 
it's just naturally people are starting to use it. And the other thing is, you know, if you bought an Echo in 2014, you have this latest version. You didn't have to OS update. You didn't have to install app updates. I mean, I did mobile for a very long time, getting people to just update their app, both developers and consumers. When none of us want that, we just want the latest and greatest. You can have that with a conversation. Second piece is you're always meeting people in the moment. So I tell this to brands. This is how I start out a conversation uh, is I say, what if I told you, it sounds like matrix, right? What if I told you that you could have a conversation with your customer every day in the moment where they are? That's voice, right? That's not anything else. Uh, and so the, the types of information that you get, like if somebody was going to ask you anything just off the cuff, we haven't been able to capture that. We've had help desks and things like that where we get people who are upset, uh, but we never, we never hear just the good things too. I mean, we see that you go on Amazon, there's over 50,000 reviews on Echo and, and a good portion of them have the word love in the word, right? You wouldn't see that in a mobile app, but you know, you, you just, you kind of see that, uh, anthropomorphism, like uh, just the, the connection that kind of happens with that. And so I, that, anywhere you have people, it's going to apply, right? So it totally applies in the enterprise, the ability, uh, all sorts of things. I mean, you, you start out with little things like KPIs, building up dashboards, just saying, hey, how is, uh, how is North America sales today and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's good, you know, or then you can drill down and you could say, send that to my phone or send. It's just a great starting initial conversation while you think. Let's pick up a little bit on what, what you said in the beginning, the first point about accessibility and inclusiveness, but more so from the context of consumers, right? Because I hear you say that quite a bit. It's, you know, voice being an inclusive technology that can bring generations that were not exposed to technology before together. So what are some of the use cases, present, future, that you will find exciting that will reinforce the the vision that you have about communication, about community and connection. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so many scenarios. I would say, let's just start with access to information, right? And it's on both spectrums of age. So we're living in a time, because we can talk before we can read and write, that if you have a young child at home, they could actually know more than you. Think about that for a second. Like, let's say I have a, a toddler has the ability to talk and is curious about the world. I mean, my kids are older, but I remember the constant barrage of questions I would get, and I still get them. I, I love it. It's like, Dad, how hot's the sun, right? Things like that. But they can do that now. So if you have one of these smart speakers, whether it's Alexa or not around, imagine they could go and say, why are clouds white? Um, because they don't know how to read or write, but they're going to hear the information. It's like going to another adult and getting that. And that's so incredibly important in that phase of life to just feed the curiosity. Right. And so I agree. Yeah. That, I run into that in my house. They gave up asking me. They're like, yeah, mommy, don't, don't worry about it. We'll just ask. <laughs> and, and, and so that it's, it's an empowerment there in the, in the other age of the spectrum. I mean, one of the first reviews and I've never been on a product like this. It just, it just blew me away and it, it just absolutely made my day. I mean, the, one of the first product reviews we got for Amazon echo was a wife whose husband had a stroke. He did not want her help. Right. Just, Hey, I can do this myself. He's in a wheelchair and she got him an echo and he had the ability to turn off the TV with his voice and lights and, uh, you know, just to try and get somebody like that, an iPad or a phone. My dad, I, I love to use my dad as an example. Um, he still has never used a computer in his life. And that, that I think that's common, right? My mom prints out emails for him and I got him an echo 
and he's called up songs from his youth. He tells me things. He's like, Hey, I was doing this. I'm like, I didn't even know it did that. It's a skill of course, right? It's, it's, it's another functionality. And that I think is when, when you really start to see that kind of curve of adoption and engagement going up is when I hear, they're like bus stop conversations, I call them, right? It's like when I hear from neighbors, I hear from friends, I hear from family members of things that they're doing that I don't even know or am I not aware of. And I think that's really, uh, that enables people, right? Is the ability to just, just ask for things and kind of, um, create that um, the ability to pull pieces of information like that. And then the second would be the ability to integrate with technology around. And you're seeing more and more of that. So the lights is an example I used, turning off the TV, you know, smart homes, obviously a, a huge uh, factor in that. But there's also things around integrations with uh, the car, with calendaring, with mobile. Uh, you know, I hear stories of people that have created shared family calendars. And then uh, like just yesterday, we announced the ability for, uh, Alexa to read your emails out yes, for I've you, that. right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen, uh, I just saw something go across on social um, where uh, it was a blind couple and they had bought an Echo. Um, I think it was the, the wife bought the, the Echo and she wound up using it. Um, but just the ability to read things out loud um, that way, you know, you see, you, you see more and more of that. And so it's, it opens up, um, it's very, you know, I think the thing that people forget is as smart as phones are, and tablets are, and all of these other things, they're still very computerish, right? They're still, they have to do OS updates. They have to do app updates. They have to connect um, in, in different ways. You have to understand, have a mindset of this is how an app works, and this is how I get from one thing to another. Smart speakers in the home are very appliance-driven. It's like a TV. You know, you plug the thing in, and if you've already, because um, I do hear from families that, um, you know, you already set up the Wi-Fi. If you have the Wi-Fi connected in the account already, it just does that, you know, as you turn this thing on. Try and make it as simple as possible, and then that's it. You never have to worry about versioning and how to exit and any of those kind of things. And I think that's huge and inclusive. Uh, so, David, uh, when we use Alexa at home, my daughters get it right more often than I do. Alexa struggles with my accent, and I'm sure it's the case with most other smart devices. It's not just Alexa. So, in terms of um, in terms of hyperlocal and last mile um, angle for voice recognition, that's probably the most challenging part. They don't cover the last mile in, in terms of uh, language barriers, dialect barriers. Um, uh, even in the developed parts of the world, um, f- forget countries like India or China, but even the developed parts of the world, there are dialects which are hard to pick up. Um, and what are your, what are your, what is your, what does your roadmap look like in, in that, in that sense? Yeah, well, it, it's a, it's a computer science problem, right? And so we've launched, um, like for example, Alexa in India, um, does both English and Hindi. Um, you know, giving multiple dialects, like France is another I- example where it does both English and uh, French Canadian, which is also different than French uh, in France, right? And so, I, this is the so this has been a learning area for me too, because I had never really been a person who was involved in linguistics and language, and it's so fascinating dialect, right? Because I think. When you look at the written word, it eliminates kind of the history and the personal and the, and the societal factor 
of language, but the, the spoken word is entirely different. I mean, there are dialects, even here in the States, there are dialects just where I live. You can go 20 miles away. It's very different Philly dialect than it is in Jersey. And you know, there are, there are areas in Europe where you can go two miles down the road and it's a different dialect. And so the way that all this works behind the scenes in a computer science uh, way is that it's using a, a language model and then it, for that language and that dialect. And then there's also a model for how a person speaks and the, the, the language model in and of itself is difficult. The way that I tell people is that like the way that Alexa learns languages, by the way, the way these, these models are built is by having conversations with people. It's not a programmer sitting there and saying, you know, if this, then like the way a computer, which is why it takes time is that you don't want Alexa to feel like a tourist in let's say Germany, you want her to feel like a German. And so understanding not just how people speak, but the words and the way that they're used, you know, what is a joke? One of the first things I, uh, I remember years ago when we launched in the UK, there was a tagline that said, Alexa is very, very British. And I was like, that's the best thing that you could hear, right? Is because people were asking jokes and the way that she used it, it she sounded in British. And what does it mean to sound British, right? You know, it's, it's, you, you have to live there to understand the culture. Um, and that's the thing that's different about this. I mean, obviously we would love to be in every country in the world, but you need to make sure that because you can fail spectacularly if you don't get that, you know, you, you have to get not just the way that words sound phonetically, but understand the contents, context and the culture, and then also evolve with that. Imagine just in the, just in the state of the world, imagine a hundred years ago, just the view on uh, even, even gender roles, right. And occupations and, and science and all of that, how that would look if you were having a conversation. I should have a conversation with an AI from the 1800s or something like that. Right. So it's, it has to be current. It has to understand both phonetically what's being said and it has to understand culturally the context of those things. And that there are people way smarter than me um, that are building those things, but it does, it does take time. And I'm proud of the amount of, you know, the countries that we have launched in, we're in, we're in Mexico now uh, as well. And I think you'll, you'll continue to see those things. And then what we also do is we do sell devices in other countries. So we're in over 80 countries now. It may even be over a hundred um, so you can get it, the devices in those countries, and then you look for the specific dialect. And we've also done things with Alexa over time where she learns your voice. You may, you may have seen this. You used to have to go in and do the voice training. Uh, and then you used to have to say things like, Alexa, learn my voice. And now it'll just happen uh, over time. And that's really great when you can just ask for things and it has an understanding of who's asking for it so that my songs are different than, let's say, somebody else in the family, right? And uh, we also just announced another thing that we're looking at is the way that we look at contextualization. You'll see there's a new, a new blog post on this um, based on the person. And so if I have certain skills enabled, if I've bought certain things, that's going to mean something entirely different because those words have meaning based on my interactions than yours, right? So if I have a book that I'm reading and it has the word bicycle in it, and I use something with bicycle that's very different because I own that book. And maybe I was just listening to that book with Audible or Kindle or something like that. Uh, and all that is happening seamlessly based on the, on the person's voice and through the context of how they can have conversations based on their content. Yeah, 
that's fascinating. I think that that's one of the really, really cool development when we look at technology and context, right? Because it, yep. it's the same as when we're talking about banks rolling out, you know, voice capabilities, but a lot of times it's just like very mundane. You, you ask, hey, you know, what's Alexa, what's my balance? Which, okay, yep. I really don't care how much I spend on Starbucks, but I would care more if you can actually put everything in context as it relates to what does that mean for my next purchase or what sh- I should be doing, right? Providing foresight and insights, if you will. Um, so that actually is a good lead in into the next thing I'm curious about. Um, it's what gets you excited, what keeps you up, and where do you see voice technology evolving in the next few years? Um, are we going to actually finally have a really, really cool conversation two-way with Alexa? Um, right. Which is one of the things my kids always ask, right? You know, because they can't carry out a long conversation after a while. They're like, Yeah, and that, I mean, it's so difficult. Um, we have this competition called the Alexa Prize um, the, the University of California, Davis, um, won uh, a huge prize, right? Like 500,000 us, but, um, in, I mean, and that it's kind of a moonshot there to like have a real conversation. And so we know like the goal is to do 20 minutes just off the hook, um, off the cuff, right? Like just natural conversation. But I think, you know, that'll happen as time goes on. Um, a lot of these like models, you know, if you've done any kind of machine learning, you know, it's just tons and tons and tons of data and looking at models and just continue. It's a lot of just, um, it's a data problem, right? Uh, as you're going through those things. And so, gosh, what keeps me up at night is, part of my kids, right? They're always, <laughs> but uh, like from, from this space, um, it's the exact, it's a double-edged sword, sword, right? And so I'll say, I'll start with the positive of it. What I think is that human beings don't live in a bubble. And there are studies around this. Um, I see this personally in my own life. When I talk to people, I see this. What I feel like what Alexa has done over the past couple of years is it's just gotten people used to having conversations with tech. And from that, like I could tell you, I've used, and I I won't name any brands because a lot of them are doing this, but I've, on my phone, um, I talk to my banking mobile app now. It has an assistant. I just started using, I just, mentally, I'm getting used to voice assistants. Uh, my TV, same way, started using voice searches. Fire TV, I just pull up pictures with voice searches. And when I talk to people, I do see that. It's, it's the more that they got used to doing this, there's a mental switch that you're, you're expected, you're, you're expected technology in your life to do that. And I think, if anything, that's really been the most important factor here. Um, is, is it, it's with mobile and now with smart speakers and now you're seeing it move into the home. There's just this acceleration of the ability for people to think it's actually a possibility, right? And that's, I, I think people often look that because you could be so, you could be so engineer and so, you know, you could be a researcher, you could be, and you're like, this is such a technical breakthrough. But if society doesn't even think about it, it's never going to happen. And it's a lesson I've learned so long in my career. Um, and that's especially true. Sometimes society will accept it, but then you'll get a large enterprise and it's costly, so it's not going to happen either, right? And so mm-hmm. it's just... It, it's the fact that there's in this wave of this technology. I mean, you could get some of these for less than like $20 US. Sometimes it's included with other things. So it's just the affordability, the accessibility of it. And then this societal shift, much in the same way when we see a, a pane of glass on some kind of tech, we want to touch it because we're used to that. Is that we're actually shifting, you know, you know, if you know the way brains work, when we're, we're building neurons and we're forming new pathways and there's a whole, uh, there's a whole, area of science called epigenetics, right? Which is basically saying like, 
your actual life and your experiences unlock genes. And they have scientific proof that shows this. I feel like we're unlocking genes and we're, we're changing the way that we're, we're doing it. Uh, and I saw, you know, there's, there's research that went across on, online too about um, how the mouse and keyboard has affected us, right? Like epigenetic uh, level two. And so I think that's the positive. There's just been this, this huge shift. And because of that, you can actually do things that you couldn't do before, right? I mean, think about mm-hmm. putting Alexa in the car or with a waste of People wouldn't have been ready for that. Now they're asking for, for those type of things. Uh, Alexa in the microwave, right? Alexa on a clock, those kind of things. Now, the downside of that, um, which is what keeps me up at night, is that if stuff doesn't evolve, is that there'll be people, there'll be a segment of the population, and you see this in an adoption curve, there'll be a segment of the people that try it, and they stay in that gimmicky realm. They're like, okay, voice is good for uh, you know, turning on my lights and playing music, and that's it. And then in their head, they get that, that that's what that technology is good for, and they'll stay that way sometimes for years until their peer group comes in and they start to see things coming through and saying, no, it's actually, have you checked it out lately? You can now do these type of things. And then they'll go and they'll, they'll reevaluate. But I feel like if there's a large enough group that that happens with, it's a, it's a flywheel, right? Then you have investors that are investing in the space and they're not seeing return. And then the money starts to dry up. And then it's, you know, it's just, it's a whole thing that can actually happen. I don't think we're there yet, but those are the kind of things that, keep me up at night is are we focusing on the right things? What, what is it like now in 2018 when somebody tries this out for the first time? I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work at a company uh, sometimes to our own detriment at Amazon, but we do focus on the negative more than the positive. What do people don't like? What can we, what can we do better? And so it's just a culture of always focusing on that. And so I do listen to a lot of those of gosh, like, is this thing easy to use? Is this valuable? What if, um, when I was at reInvent, uh, it, it, it was, I did not expect this reaction. So I, I volunteered to go do the booth, the, the Alexa booth. And I showed up and people were like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, because I want to talk to people. And so I'm like, let me scan the badges. And they were like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So I took the scanner and I scanned people's badges for a couple hours in line to go into the booth. And the conversation was like this. Have you ever used an Echo? And then it was yes or no. And then I was like, when did you get your first Echo? And so for a lot of people, you know, it was like past two years, they bought a dot. Uh, and then I was like, have you ever used a skill? And how did you find out about skill? And that was interesting. Like, so one person was like, well, the person at Best Buy showed me how to do a skill. I was like, wow, like, you know, it's just that anecdotal human stuff. And so for me, that's my concern is I did see the excitement there. Um, and there are plenty of people that hadn't tried this. And I think it's easy to forget that. Um, you know, something I learned a long time ago, I'm going on, you know, five years now at Amazon and, and four in this voice space is like, you don't forget what it's like somebody hasn't used this yet, right? Because that's where you need to put. So that's the stuff that, that keeps me up is if people aren't, what can I do to, to, to help them to make it better? Is it, is it a different way? Are we not doing enough? And, and those type of things. But that's cool that I think that's what makes you who you are is you don't look at status quo. You get excited about, you know, feedback, which is always important. And you keep thinking about what else, because a lot of times when we talk to, you know, people, one thing that just makes them stand out is they are always thinking about the next thing. They're always thinking about something else, right? It's, it's the minute you become comfortable 
with with where you are is the minute that you know things are not going to go well. So you are just amazing. Did I say that already? Yeah, I did. So what you're saying is there's still hope as long as there's capital to support uh, research. It, you wouldn't stop it, right? I mean, there would yeah. still be so many. There's so many startups in the space doing amazing things. But I've also one of the things, and and this is a Dave opinion. This isn't an Amazon opinion. But one of the things in being in sitting through so many technical waves that it has come through, right? So the first, the internet, uh, you know, seeing the rise of the internet, seeing the rise of the web, seeing the rise of mobile, um, you know, now seeing voice conversational and cloud and, and machine learning. Like I've come to realize in my opinion that, and there's so many factors in that flywheel, right? But one of the most important factors, you do have large companies with large amount of capitals making huge investments in that space. And so you do, I mean, you see Microsoft and Apple and Google and Apple. The fact that there, there are those companies doing that is so important. Um, I don't think you would see that go away, right? But what I think you would see going away is the people that are really trying the things that are highly experimental, really, um, you know, just taking it into new realms and, and doing those type of things there. That's kind of where you see those startup um, and, you know, the big companies can do things about that. Like you do see the Alexa fund where we, you know, multi-million dollar fund where we're just, it's just totally, it doesn't have to be about Alexa. This is totally focused on voice and people innovating because that's so important to have um, those ideas, those ideas happening and spurring on. Agree. I think for the ecosystem to survive, you need both, right? And fresh ideas coming from the corners, um, which is one, one thing we always believe in. Um, I, I do have one, one follow-up question I wanted to ask, if I may. Imagine you're in the next AWS reInvent three years from now. What is the one thing you think you will be saying to the audience? Oh, gosh. Guess what we had in the last year in voice. Yeah, in three years. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Especially in the cloud. The AWS team is incredible. Um, they're constantly listening to customers, and they'll create something for just one customer, and they'll say, wow, well, why don't we make this available to other customers? And then you, you see that. So it's like this funnel that comes through. Um, and so I could tell you like my hopes are in the future as we move through this, that it becomes more personal. I think the technology now, even though it can recognize our voice, like voice is a single modality, right? And human beings have so many other facets to them. And I think in order to understand all the other facets, you need to understand all the other ways that I dialogue and communicate, um, and I mean that both in a content, but also in um, a physicality. So like content, maybe how do I, how do I post online? Like what do my social tweets look like? How do I write emails? Um, but also how do I dialogue with my family and my friends? How do I, you know, how do I speak when I'm on stage? How do I speak when I'm in, uh, you know, at the bus stop, all those to like kind of know who Dave is, but then, uh, how do I look? Like, how, what are my facial expressions? You know, image recognition and all that. You're just starting to see the beginnings of those things too. And I think we'll start to, and it's just my thoughts. This isn't an Amazon thing or anything, but I think we'll start to, to see the beginnings of that, of bringing together how a person feels, uh, understanding tone. So if I come, I come home, I have jet lagged, I walk in and I'm like, Alexa, turn on the lights. And she's like, whoa you know, rough. She, and she knows I just had a flight and she's like, all right, well, I've already ordered takeout and I've set, and the lighting maybe has been set a little different. Like I've got all these in my studio here, I got all these colored lights and like a lot of times I'll do sky blue. Like if I'm working on something late at night, I'll do sky blue, which is almost makes it feel like day, daylight, right? It's like Las Vegas. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I've had way too much Vegas between uh, reInvent and CES, and I'll be out there uh, for another thing. But yeah, you're right. It's like you don't know what time of the day it is. But I think that's so important to the emotional aspect of that because I always tell my kids this too. I said the secret to, to when you're to, to having – because I think as a society, we've forgotten that having, there's a difference between communicating and, and having a conversation. Communicating is just blasting information, which is what people do on social media. They're not communicating. There's no listening. And I always tell my kids what I found through my life is the most important thing you can do is understand intention when you're communicating to someone. Don't get upset or take it personal with the exact words they used, depending on someone's emotional state their mastery of the language, their feelings that day. Um, and we're fallible human beings. We could pick, totally pick the wrong words. And intention, I mean, we still struggle with this. Uh, we struggled certainly with this online, but even in, in real face-to-face -face communicating, right, is we can mess up what we're trying to say and so that, you know, the message to, to be received. And so in, intention, and that's my hope, is taking all those different modalities, understanding that human being and being like, oh, wow, Dave Worsley wasn't mad at me. He was mad at the five-hour delayed flight, right? And then by, by an AI understanding that, I think it will teach us more about ourselves too, is that, because you find that when you're with humans too, when they're like, whoa, like I'll do this sometimes. When my kids come home from school and they're like tearing through, I'll be like, whoa, and I'll just say that. And just me saying that, they're like, oh, I need to check myself. Like I'm basically just unloading on dad from the day, right? And But that's, we pick up signs on how people are responding because sometimes we don't even realize our tone. Um, but we, you know, and I think it'll help us better understand our intention too. Okay. I think that is the one reason why I am very intrigued about how voice technology will evolve. And especially, you know, in, in the lives of, of people as they get older, because loneliness is a problem um, or a challenge, if you will, right? And providing them with a human connection to not just their family and the rest of the outside world is, is going to be something that I think will be a game changer. Oh yeah. So, we did a study. You'll see it on the about Amazon blog where we brought uh -huh. it into um, we, we brought a bunch of uh, e echoes into a retirement community. And um, there was a person there who was, he was 93 and he says, when you get to be my age, just to hear another person's voice gets you through the day. And he was like, I never thought I'd live to see this in my lifetime. You know, and so just the ability to have that dialogue uh, back and forth. I certainly see that with my father, uh, who's, who's uh, more on the reserved side um, and him conversing with these things. Because the other thing that happens is when you converse with an AI, there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. right? There's inherent judgment every time you talk with a human being, which I think is why people don't, we don't always say the things that we want to say sometimes too, because there's always a fear of judgment, but there's not. So you think about that. That's the first time in history you can actually have a conversation and there's no fear of judgment. But right. that's not yet, isn't it, Dave? There might be times when that happens. <laughs> I certainly hope not. I hope that uh, <laughs> my AI doesn't judge me, but uh, I'm sure there'll be one that does. Yeah. So, well, this is a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much, Dave. And um, I learn so much from you every time I, I listen to you. So, but thank you again oh, for joining you. us today. And, and thanks for, for making our... time, Dave. Always. Yeah. It's been thanks amazing. for having me. Super appreciate it.